The following, the following is, intended is intended for mature, mature audiences, audiences only. only. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Adjustment. Good afternoon. I'm Leanne Davis, and welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Um, I have been I have missed a, a couple of episodes because uh so let me explain a little bit um, um i also do a podcast uh with city jazz sessions with warren harper and we talk about music and stuff so we got a laptop that uh, we were using and we updated it to windows 11 and i have been doing the show on windows 10. um and so there was an update that came down. That update uh, set off uh, encryption on the drive and made the laptop no longer usable. So we weren't able to get the show up and running. Um, I have been working with Linux with multiple operating systems. I don't know if, I've, I think I've mentioned it before, that I've been 30 years in technology and I've been working on and off with Linux and uh, Windows uh, and, uh, and another uh, one or two operating systems, uh, um, Novell. Um, and so for, for years, since probably 89. And I've never, uh, so I've always used Linux as a secondary because eventually I got comfortable with Windows. Um, and it, it, you know there were programs that I used that didn't work well under Linux, although there are Windows, you can run Windows programs under Linux, but some of them didn't perform well under Linux. Um, and so it was just easier to just keep doing things that way. And then when things blew up, um, there was no, there was no option. So uh, there was no going and buying another copy of Windows and taking the risk that the same thing will happen. So now we're op I'm operating on Linux exclusively um, I've uh, eliminated Windows as much as possible, um, and, and I'm using programs. So uh, just so you understand how things may go well and things may not, I'm still getting a little acclimated to, to Linux because I haven't used it as my primary desktop operating system uh, for a long time. I've always used it as a supplemental. There were programs that I used on Linux that I really liked. Uh, I just didn't pull the trigger and make that change over. But uh, that incident just solidified Linux as my primary desktop. Um, OBS, which is the program that I use to stream, is uh, slightly different under Linux than it is under Windows, but not enough to, to create a panic. But it will uh, befuddle me from time to time and until I can get better used to it. But I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing the show. Um, I, I do find that there are some advantages of using Linux uh, over Windows in, in this situation. Um, I won't go into all of that. It's not a, you know not about me trying to push the idea of the desktop wars, but um, if you have some issues, uh, um, maybe you can reach out to me, and I can. Uh, Get, share with you my experience on making a changeover. 
So I'm glad everybody is uh, able to join today. Um, I look forward to having a great show. Um, when putting together this show this week, um, so I had a couple of topics I wanted to work from um, that I started like two weeks ago. And then a couple of things happened. So this wasn't the original topic that I had planned for as my next topic. Um, but I was doing my normal thing where I listened to, you know, um, uh, cable news shows um, as they analyze news and talk about news and talk about the events and how things are going. And one of the things that jumped out at me is um, when news hosts talk, who are they talking to? And what, what I mean by that is, you know, you, you've got a show that, uh, that probably is pretty open-minded. Are they, are they trying to reach everyone or are they just talking to a specific audience? And one of the very first things that I tried to do was in putting together this show was I wanted it to be more conversational. I wanted it to be, you know, more about sharing of ideas and not talking to a particular audience or talking to a particular individual and trying to reaffirm or um, beat up on another point of view, but to at least examine those point of views. Because I think it's important um, just because I believe something doesn't make it right. But I believe it because all of the evidence up to that particular point has led me to accept that as what is rational and reasonable. Um, I will stay with that until I can inter you know, interact with another idea that may make me question where I stand on a particular issue. So the whole intent of what I do here, and the, the show is called Why Do I Why Do This? The intent here is to share the knowledge that I have and acquire knowledge from people that I talk to. One of the things that I've previously talked about is that no one person can have all knowledge. No one person can know everything. So if you don't um, look to learn things from others, then you will get stuck on stupid because we're all ignorant to a point. Um, but anyone that is not trying to learn from others is stupid. That's, that's the definition of stupid is to believe that you have the only answer and that no one else can give you an answer that helps you edify your own position. So, so the, the course of what I do, I try to um, bring issues forward, and I try to, and I, uh, I try to examine things in a way that to challenge people to challenge me. One of the things that I noticed on uh, cable shows and stuff is that they speak in absolutes. They talk about things as if they know them to be fact. And there's a possibility of another answer. So um, 
you will hear them say things like, uh, and, and I wanted to bring on examples, but again, we're having this crazy behavior around copyright. But um, so I, I, I hear them say things like, uh, uh, where they say this person or that person or this group of people intended to do this, intended to do that. Now, um, there are ways to define intention without the person saying it to you. There's actions that, that help explain a person's intent. And so you can surmise from that. Um, I think the difficulty there is, is that you can't say for absolute sure that that is the only intent that they have. And I, t I think that a lot of uh, traditional news shows speak as if they have the answer. They have the single answer that exists for that particular behavior. And so I, I disagree with that. I hope that I do not do that in my um, trying to, you know, create content and examine issues and challenge people. I hope I'm not bringing forth the idea that it is my way or the highway or that I know the absolute answer. It is I start from a position of what I believe to be right and I'm willing to listen um, to, to alternate ideas because that's the only way I can really understand the impact of my ideas. <coughs> Excuse me. So the air's a little dry as it changes here in St. Louis. Um, but anyway, so, so that is my intent, uh, which is I try to, I want to have us as a society to start to address issues on a more um, how do we be more inclusive um, way because that inclusivity allows us to have better answers. So it's important to not, I try not to do name calling or, or, or things like that, or put, sometimes it's, it's not necessarily name calling when you are identifying something and that's the only way you can identify it. And I'm not going to get into the long road of trying to explain that, but there, there are those cases and when, when they come up, I will try to point them out. So, um, so, so my goal here is, is to try to add more voices to the conversation. And I watch a lot of people who have decided to do what I do, or I won't say what I do. Uh, a lot of people that have a microphone and a camera and that are on YouTube and they're espousing their ideas. Um, and, and while trying not to necessarily be judgmental, it's difficult to, to not look and say, this is how I differently I would express that idea, or this is what I would do to try to uh, bring forth that point. But, but more power to those people. Um, um, I do like the idea that there are more people out there um, trying to 
be a part of the conversation because that's important. But in that process, that means that there are a lot of people who are going to be a part of the conversation that aren't going to see their responsibility the same way that that others see their responsibility when they have a microphone. Um, in the case of, there was a, a video that went viral of a lady um, um, accusing uh, this actress, actor, this actor of appropriating um, frolicking in the rain. Um, and it took a lot of people pointing out the uniqueness or pointing out the difficulty in making that statement. Um, and I think that that's, that's a good thing that she was able to express her viewpoint. And I think it was even more important that she got feedback when people pushed back against that ideology that, you know, when you're putting forth that idea, make sure you can support it. And I try to make sure that every idea that I put forward, I can at least support. I don't try to just say it's, uh, it should be that way because I said it. Um, so I'm, I'm coming on and I, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, today about why putting together the show that I do, you know, I want it to be uh, challenging I want it to be nuanced, and that is important to me that nuance is a part of the conversation because not most of the things in life are not either or. There is degrees, and for each individual, there is a different degree. You got eight billion people, you got eight billion ideas about how something is, what it looks like, and trying to um, merge all of those into a coherent um, idea that we can share together so that we understand the situation or the incident is where nuance becomes important. Because if you don't have nuance, then you are eliminating a big part of the people from the conversation because nuance is about slight differences or different ways that people can look at something. And one of, there was a, so I'm putting, put together the show and I'm, I'm getting ready to, to do it. And then I do my normal thing. I, I get up, I, I start looking at the latest headlines. I start looking at the news. I start putting together my little scroller down there. And uh, so actually, actually, this was yesterday. Yesterday, I ran across a story that was just almost tailor-made for the topic that I was talking about, that I am talking about. Um, and I've included in the show notes links to the, there's two stories that I've um, used as part of putting together the, today's topic. And so, uh, you know, if you want to, I'm not going to go too much into both stories. One of them is, is probably one I'm going to focus on most. Um, 
but but you can follow along and and you can go and see you know what I used as part of uh, putting together the show and so um, you know please make comments um, you know whatever uh, however you choose to react to that I would love to to see that so let me get to the the one uh, story that that I found most appealing I guess or, or most interesting in in demonstrating uh, nuance and um, and inclusion inclusion in conversations and how to see things from different perspectives so um, so I ran across a, a post on Facebook and I, I think it was yesterday it could have been yeah I think it had to be thir- it had to be Friday ran across a post uh, where somebody posted about Jeff Bezos having a Twitter conflict with a uh, college professor. And then when you look into the story, when I looked into the story, it became, it was like, a, it, 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 this story has so much into the story that I, I could not exclude it. From, from talking about it. So, Dr., I, and I may pronounce her name incorrectly, and I do apologize, Dr. Yuju Anya is a college professor in Africa. She made a post, a Twitter post, and, you know, social media is a big part of the way we communicate nowadays. So it's going to factor into a lot of things that are in the headlines, but it, they, she made a post. Um, she made a post. It says, I heard the chief monarch of a thriving, raping genocidal empire is finally dying. She tweeted May her pain be excruciating. Alrighty. Um, Jeff Bezos took issue with that and retweeted This is someone supposedly working to make the world better. I don't think so. Wow. Okay. The, the doctor's post eventually was taken down by Twitter because it violated their policy policies on content. And here's where, um, so I've talked about this before, uh, companies being able to arbitrarily include or exclude content. And that's a big part of the discussions that we're having in society is about how 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 and who to censor um content so so I, the the doctor's commentary or the doctor's post i didn't see as hate speech or attacking someone or something 
but more expressing anger and outrage at occurrences in their in in their everyday life the the um doctor uh responded to um a tweet the retweet by um Jeff Bezos um where she talked about If anyone express me to anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half of my family and the consequences of which those alive today are still trying to overcome you can keep wishing on a star So so there's a lot going on there and and I want to make sure I, I approach it in a way that makes good sense. She expressed her anger and frustration. Jeff Bezos who is neither African nor would anybody say is doing a great job of being bringing peace and prosperity decides he has the privilege of countering her frustration and anger and attacking her desire or her efforts to bring about peace and prosperity in her homeland. The United States, which Jeff Bezos lives in, which Jeff Bezos gets his prosperity from and his peace, is one of the nations that fought back against the global imperialism of the British. And yet because he's benefited, he now feels comfortable to deny someone else the opportunity to express their frustration and anger with how that global imperial, imperialism has impacted them and their families. I don't know if 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 Jeff Bezos is you know giving to um, African charities or anything like that. I don't know if he's tried to help repair some of the damage that was done. But it's easy to find the damage. It's easy to 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 look it up. And part of the um, the conversation has to be about is she is the tweet an attempt to um, demean 
an attempt to cause harm or an attempt to express an idea that may need to bring about healing, that may be necessary to bring about healing. And so by censoring that, and, and they've uh, you know, tried to push the, organ, the uh, organization that she's a part of to, to censor her or to in some way reprimand her for speaking out. Um, she is a part of Carnegie Mellon. And as of, and I, I think they've done something, Carnegie Mellon has taken some kind of action. I don't have that. I didn't look that up. Um, so I was rushing to put all of this stuff together. Um, but Carnegie Mellon, Mellon, at least their initial, my understanding of their initial statement was, free expression, free expression is core to the mission of higher education. However, the views she shared absolutely do not represent the values of the institution, nor the standards of discourse we seek to foster. Understood, they, they distanced themselves best they could, um, um, and they kind of left the doctor out there because if she's a part of the organization, they had at least believed that she was a worthwhile person having. And, um, so, you know, at this point, um, it's, they're not going to accept any kind of, uh, responsibility for, for hiring this person. She's out there on her own and, and I get it. I'm not asking them to co-sign for her, but they most certainly, I think, do at least, you know, include in their statement, uh, our hiring of Dr. Who's was based on um, the work that she's done. We believe she's a good person um, or we believe in this person. Um, and we realize this is an incident that needs to be addressed. But that's not how they did it. They left her out there. Um, they weren't going to take, you know, any nothing, you know, n nothing for this person. You out there, you said it, you did it. You know, we're, we're, we're going to leave you on your own. Um, and so, and so I, uh, Jeff Bezos, having not lived under that imperialism, because in Jeff Bezos' lifetime, um, all of the uh, fighting had been done. All of the fighting against imperialism and the damage that was done in America had already been fought against. So now he's defending two people who are one generation away. He's defending that pain and suffering. He's, def he's defending the people that caused that pain and suffering without showing any understanding or acknowledgement that there is that pain and suffering. And, and I think that that's important. When we make comments,
comments. And and we don't acknowledge that we don't have all of the information or that we don't have that we don't have we're not as close to that situation as some people we can wind up doing more damage than we do uh, good. And, and I, I think in this instance, he has done more damage than he has done good. Now, uh, I, would, I think I would be remiss if I didn't show, uh, talk about the doctor's response to his post to her, you know, saying that um, she's uh, not working for uh, make the world better and um, putting his two cents in there. Uh, she goes, she goes on to uh, respond to him. May everyone you and your merciless greed have harmed in this world. Remember you as fondly as I remember my colonizers. Um, I can't imagine that that kind of vitriol is not targeted at Jeff Bezos. It's not targeted at even her original comment was not necessarily targeted at the queen. It was targeted at the monarchy. But because she mentioned the queen, people saw that as targeting the queen. And I think that's an important distinction. Um, Jeff Bezos's comments were targeted specifically at her as an individual. I, I, I am exposed in my argument because the doctor did mention the queen and did make comments, may her um, uh, be death be painful. But again, I can see where that's not necessarily targeted at the queen, but targeted at the situation because the queen didn't cause, was a, a necessarily direct cause of the pain and suffering that her and her family has experienced. She was just a placeholder for the imperialism. And so if you understand that, then you know it wasn't intended to be an individual slight, but it was intended to be a recognition of the institution that caused the harm and the damage. And I think it's important when I say um, the nuance, it is important if you understand that nuance. But if you do not understand that nuance, that her comments were, can be more likely be dis determined to um, impact a system. And his comments were more to impact an individual. So um, one of the other um, uh, links that I put into the, the uh, show notes <clears throat> was an interview with Ali, uh, that Ali Veshi had with a British historian. 
And trust me, this is a video worth a few moments of your time. I'm not going to get into the partic- necessarily the particulars of that particular video, but um, um, Ale Veshi spoke to try to for for there to be more inclusion in a in this situation and the uh, british historian you have to watch the video let me put it that there let me watch the video um i think i think you i got a lot out of it i got a lot out of it um there are a lot of people that want to hold the monarchy blameless. They want to hold British imperialism blameless. Um, there was a lot of damage done globally. I heard one um, conservative commentator um, touting all of the, that, that, um, that that it, that the um, imperialism brought civility to the world, and not recognizing the damage. You can't. I I don't think you can top the benefits of something without also including the detriments that it has created. If you change a culture to something you like, you're destroying something you don't like. So you're not necessarily bringing something good. What you're doing is you're bringing what you want and not recognizing that there was culture and there was class and there was other things that did not need your help, that did not need you to particularly intervene in their development, which, which for me, I'd, I'd really like to have that discussion with somebody that believes that this was all good, that, that no one was harmed in the, in the making of this pie. Uh, being a little cutesy. Don't mean to. But anyway, um, I'd, I, I'd like to see more nuance in conversations that go on in our public sphere, um, and not just uh, Democrats and Republicans and, and Congress political, but in our news, news analysis and news um Punditry, for lack of a better term, um, how we talk about talk to each other about things. I think I mentioned, you know, they they talk with such absolute certainty, and for me, and that includes um, Rachel Maddow, um, um, oh, I can't think of his name, um, Don Lemon. Uh, you name it, uh, 
you know how those those names jump out of your head right when you need them. Um, Tucker Carlson, you know, all of them speech with, speak with such absolute certainty when it's impossible to have that level of absolute certainty in the real world. And so, you know, I'd like to see more of the the people who are have this opportunity because we the, the technology has opened up with a camera and a modem you have an opportunity to have eyes on you i'd like to see people take that opportunity and to not do what has previously been done because we see that that leads to the disarray that we now have where everybody goes to their corner, where everybody says, you know, that whatever they're doing, whatever they're trying to accomplish, it's win at all costs. And and we see what win at all costs brings us. There's a there's a a lack of uh, camaraderie and there's a lack of uh, working together to try to solve problems, realizing that. No one group should get everything that they're trying to achieve because by doing that, you're cutting out other people's ability to help participate. But if we don't listen to each other, if we don't um, pay attention to the nuances, to pay attention to the little things that make a difference, uh, we're never going to be able to um, reach that. And some people are okay with that because they're getting the majority of what they want, and some people... Who, who aren't, who, who feel the oppression, um, you know, have to keep fighting. And it shouldn't have to be a fight. It should be a discussion. Uh, maybe I'm a little eccentric in that. I, I do believe it can be a discussion. But it has to start someplace. And so I encourage my fellow um, microphone holders to stop and think about what you're saying and how that's going to be interpreted. Of course, you're not going to not offend somebody. If you've got a microphone in front of you, you've got several people listening to you, you're going to offend somebody. And the more people you've got in front of you, the more likely you are to offend someone. But if you're putting forth that at least that effort to try to um, not be offensive, then, then we've at least made a good start. Um, so uh, I will be back next week I really uh, had a great time putting together this show it wasn't as tight as I'd like for it to have been but you know that that's a process so I'm still working on that I'm I'm really enjoying uh, working with this Linux um, anyway I will be back next week everybody take care that concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment and thank you for listening this podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. 
So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.